All right. Welcome, welcome to the afternoon ultrasound session. And so before we get started, um, this is my wife, Deborah Wynn. So before we get into it, my wife's going to have some pre-ultrasound exercises so we can get all the tryptophan that we just ate out, and we'll get right into it after that. Okay, so do you have enough room around you to stand up? We're really big believers in not teaching in a way that puts people to sleep. Um, so how many of you uh, have had enough anatomy to know where your kidneys are? Okay, good. Okay, so start, we'll start with our arms in the air, and then find your kidneys. Okay, good. So a lot of you, I don't know because you're looking around, but you're going more back. In front, that's good. And then also, I don't. I see some down here, but you won't find anything good down there. So <laughs> uh, higher up, uh, remember. And then most of you have them both at the same level. So think about if that's right or not. Are they at the same level? Okay, so your right will be lower. So um, this is kind of a preview for when we get the probes on the body, because you guys will be practicing with each other. So remember those things. Okay, hands back up in the air. Stretch it out nice and wide. Now find your bladder. <laughs> Good, good. Okay, good, good. Okay, so most of you, um, some of you are doing better than the last group. So most people try to stay more comfortable, which is a little bit higher, but it's right above the pubic bone. So you're going to be facing out. That's why you guys know. I think this group has a little more experience. Um, so remember that because you're going to be facing the probe more towards your feet. So even if you have it at a more comfortable place, you're going to point it towards the feet so that the sound waves are going down more, more inferiorly. Um, okay, so up in the air again, out to the side. Nice. Everybody should get their heart. Good. Very good. Very good. Uh, so some people have it in the middle. Not quite. But, but yeah. Um, okay, so it'll be on the left-hand side, of course, and there's three different views. Today we'll be mostly looking at two different views. So we'll be doing the sub-siphoid for emergency especially, and then we'll do the parasternal, which is next to the sternum. Um, so we'll be looking at those two views. Uh, there's also the uh, left lateral decubitus, which you have the person roll over, and they're going to be looking from the other side. But for most basic, we're going to be going mostly with those two views. Um, and then last time, up in the air, out to the side, hug, give yourself a hug, and then find your lungs. Uh, cool. So we have people doing from different angles, which is good because you can't get them from different angles. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to use the linear probe for that. We'll be teaching you what that means. But um, so the basic exam you just went over is the extended fast exam. So you guys just pointed out every spot that you would be looking at, and so that's a preview to what you're going to learn. So good job, everyone. You can have a seat. Thank you for participating with us, and I'll ask you guys a couple of questions about yourselves so we can get to know our audience and serve your needs best uh, before Andrew gets started. Um, so we're gonna, I'm going to ask if you have zero experience, then I'm going to ask if you have some experience, and then if you have a lot of experience and are just here to help us. So uh, raise your hand if you have zero experience. Awesome. You'll get a lot out of this. Something happens. Hello? Okay. Um, and then raise your hand if you have some experience. Cool, good. Um, and for those who have some experience, um, how many as a student? Cool, very, very good. Um, how many as a, um, as a resident? Awesome, awesome. Uh, how about as a, as a physician practicing? Cool, okay. And then in all of those, um, how many of it is for OB? One, awesome. Or two, a couple. Uh, how many for ER? Okay, cool. And how much for family? 
Nobody. Okay. Um, and so in the uh, this range, were you guys in the range of some experience or a lot of experience? Some. 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 Okay. Um, so do we have anybody who has like a lot of experience? They've done a past exam a million times, and they're just here to see that there's only two of us, and we need help. Nobody. Okay. Um, so that's good. We'll be trying to suit your needs, and that's what this was really created for, is people who have zero to little experience. So this is for you. You came to the right place, um, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. Sounds good. Thanks, honey. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's get to the intro. I'm Andrew. That's my wife, Deborah. Um, and this is the Clinical Ultrasound Lab, and this is our charity that we started also have some other businesses, but really ultrasound has been a hobby and a passion of mine uh, really for the past four or five years. And so I'm really blessed and grateful to be able to bring that to you. And I first want to start off with the introduction, which is the what, the how, and the why. So ultrasound, especially as it relates to missions, is huge. Really, I don't know if we have some of you know, more senior experienced physicians here, even back 20 years ago, you're wheeling in these gigantic Sequoia machines. They're, you know, $30,000, $40,000. Nowadays, those machines are almost free. You know, 500 bucks, you can pick one up. So ultrasound really is changing the landscape of medicine. And if you, any of you guys have ever gone into the mission field, your ability to care, all those years of knowledge, training, and experience only goes so far as your equipment around you. And the ultrasound is huge. Very, very huge, and we work with a lot of organizations, and it's one of the most important pieces of equipment to know, and especially in the mission field, there's no U.S. hierarchy system. If you know, if you have a skill, you know how to use it, you're important. So especially for you students, um, PAs, MPs, you don't need to feel restricted um, with what you can do in the mission field, and I think that's part of serving as part of the body of Christ. This is beyond pride, right? This is about how best to serve and love people for Christ. Um, and so with that, that is the what and also the how. So a lot of people say, well, especially, I don't know if you guys are kind of in the 30s to 40s generations, you say, I need to take some sort of CME, RDMS class. You know, I need to get some official training where I can spend thousands of dollars to have a sonographer teach me how to do these ultrasound exams. Can you know what RDMS is? It's a registered uh, diagnostic medical sonographer. Um, and you don't need to have that. I mean, you do to read and officially put your own reports in for billing, but as far as for the mission field, I just want to encourage you, especially the students here or residents, anyone kind of still in the training phase, you can learn this mostly at home. Even for the ER, which is the specialty which uses ultrasound a lot, you only need 150 hours of time, you know, and you have a lot of people that aren't really even that great at it, and it's just hours of practice. So if you have a spouse like mine, just sit there, you know, watch a movie and, you know, oh, oh, nice, you know, just hang on, honey. So I also want to show you the how. And there's so many resources and videos to where it's possible. And I, I don't want you guys, especially you guys in the, in the education system, to feel restricted by what people tell you you can or can't learn at the appropriate timing. Because when you're overseas, it's not going to make a difference. Oh, you're not there yet. No, you, you need to do something if you can. Um, so with that, that's, that's the why. Uh, and that's the how, and then this part is the why. Um, there are so many physicians all over the world doing humanitarian work, but so few that really come knowing that we're not there to serve some temporal purpose, to reduce a shoulder, have a nice life, I feel good about myself, taking the ship back home, that was an awesome trip, got to eat some local Nigerian food, you know, that kind of thing. We're there 
really for the sake of the gospel. And I think that the excellence and discipline for Christ will manifest itself in excellence and discipline for studying and also for ultrasound. And so with that, with the why, um, I know it's after lunch. We're all feeling maybe a little tired. But really, beyond this intro class, which I hope will carry you far with wherever you guys take ultrasound, um, the great thing about the GMHC is getting to meet one another. You know, Say hi, get to know people. So many amazing people that this is the concentration. I know many of you guys work in the hospital. It's not all the same as over here. It's really different. So really take the time, mingle, look at each other's spleens. Hi, my name is this. Nice spleen. Get to, you know, get to meet each other. So enjoy the time. It's low stress. We try to make this as fun as possible. And with that, let's, let's pray before we get started. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day here uh, in Kentucky. Thank you that you've brought together a body of believers with gifts and talents and uh, maybe even some that are just starting to discover their talents to serve you um, and to use medicine as a means of sharing the greatest joy that we have um, and sharing the greatest hope uh, that we have for those that are hurting, those that are broken, um, those that might even not know what real joy is feels like. We pray that you would bless our time together, that you would give us the agility of mind to learn um, the energy and just also the fellowship. We pray that you would be with us here um, and also pray that your blessing on all the practitioners here, all the people that either are serving or will serve, that you would bless their practices, help their patients, uh, anyone we touch to experience uh, you through what we do um, and that we would live our lives well and we thank you again for this time and we pray all this in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Alright so with that let's get to it and again to reiterate if we have some experienced people here whether it's OB or ER we're going to split you guys up to kind of help at the different sta- stations there's only two of us and we'll try to disperse you to help everyone else out and really, um, let me just get into what, why ultrasound is just, has been a hobby and a passion and why I think it's so relevant and all the amazing things that you can really do with it. So, why ultrasound, especially in the mission field? I know in the States, you know, one guy's like, oh, I'm anesthesia, that's my nerve block. You know, that's not ER's nerve block. You know, oh, ER's like, that's my fast exam. Trauma's was like, oh, that's my exam. In the mission field, it's, it's free for all. So, here's what we can do here. With the ultrasound... You can do trauma, looking at that nice liver and kidney. That's a fast positive exam. That's some free fluid right there. Looking for any kind of indication for surgery or ble- bleeding internally. Um, and this would be part of the fast exam that we will do today. You can look at the gallbladder right there. That looks like a, this is the gallbladder right here. It looks like a pretty thick anterior wall, some inflammation going on there. And you see that little structure to the right. That's a stone casting a shadow. So that's, that's really great to look at. You can also see the spleen. It's a very nice structure there. We all pointed it to, us, to ourselves on the exercises. And that's sitting right on top of the kidney. You can obviously do things like gyne. You see that's a very thick endometrial stripe. So, I mean, maybe menstruation is about to happen. You can look for any nodules or any abnormal pathology there. You can also see an IUD. We do our IUD checks at home. Um, yeah. And this is the bladder. That's great. You can check to see if you just peed. I know she likes to do that. It's like, oh, there you go. And can anyone, as a bonus question, tell me what this little structure is right here? No, uh, no ER or OB. This little circular structure inside the bladder. 
it, it's, uh, it doesn't show up on the screen. Oh, let's see. Right here for this side. And then, yes, it's a Foley catheter. So that's pretty neat. And for you guys that are just in med school or thinking about med school, a Foley catheter is you go into the bladder and you inflate this balloon. And that's what we're looking at right there. And something that's really common both here and internationally is skin infections, abscesses. And a lot of people, I don't know if you guys have been there fishing around with those Kellys, trying to break up stuff, look for those pockets, and you're like, what's going on? You can see it right here. That's a nice, juicy pocket right here, a lot of inflammation going on the soft tissue. So it's great for localizing abscesses as well. You can obviously do baby ultrasounds. That's my wife's favorite. You can, you know, even with a little bit of experience, you can put the probe on and say, oh, that placenta is up there. And then you learn the term. Oh, it's cephalad, Or you look and you say, oh, you know, is that the hand? Is that the thumb? And you can even sex the baby. You can get them in the Y position. Like, oh, it's a male. It's just very small amount of training to actually get that. And then even with a little bit more, you can practice doing crown rump lengths. You can measure femur lengths and just learn it really isn't as complicated as other things that you know, are difficult. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. And even if it comes to delivering babies, you just know, oh, the baby's in the vertex, vertex position. This is reassuring to know. And the next thing, this is a suprasternal view, so you can even look at the aorta. It doesn't always look that pretty, by the way, but that's the aorta right there. And something that's so huge for ultrasound is vascular access right there. It can be peripherally, it can be centrally, and I don't know how many central lines get put in every single day because... Nurse couldn't get access. Couldn't get access. Why can't we get access? But with ultrasound, now it's becoming a thing. You can avoid a lot of that, you know, central line, the complications from that. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that, by the way. Which doesn't have anything to do with the nurse. It usually has to do with the patient not being hydrated. But so you guys can see this is the needle, and this is going into the vein. So you can actually watch it, walk, watch yourself walking in, which makes it a lot more um, accurate. And right here, this is foreign body localization. So if you have something like glass or metal and you want to see, because sometimes you don't have access to an x-ray machine, you can look at it right here. And actually, something that people don't know about is it's great for looking at nerves. I don't know if we have any anesthesia guys in here, but nerves show up like this honeycomb structure. So sometimes in the mission field, right here, sometimes in the mission field, you don't have a big Draeger anesthesia machine to knock someone out. Or maybe they're like, ASA class, you know, just ridiculous, and you can't, you know, you don't, you don't want to do anesthesia. You can just do a simple nerve block here, and it's both sensory and motor, and you can do that surgery in the mission field without having all that equipment. And then this, this is MSK, actually. People think, oh, like, you got to be a sports medicine guy to look at muscles and look at things like that. But even just a little bit of basic knowledge, you can look at things like this is actually... This is actually the biceps tendon running through the bicipital groove. And you see that, that dark anechoic fluid that's actually in a small effusion from a tear of the bicipital tendon or the biceps tendon. And so it's, that's, that's actually not that hard to visualize. And then right here, this is the eyeball, which is great. One of my favorite ultrasounds to do. And literally anyone can do it. You just take your probe and you put it on the eye and you get that image right there. <laughs> And the last slide for just all the things you can do, you can also look at lungs. Um, and this is a lot of fluid in lungs, and we'll talk about that. You can look at the heart. And someone who's not uh, an ER doctor or you know, a family doctor, anyone know what this is? Any med students see what's going on here? It is the heart. 
Yep, it's a tamponade. So that's a bunch of fluid in the pericardial sac right there. So this is the heart, and this is the fluid. Yeah. And right here, this is actually the thyroid. This is the butterfly in the lobe that you can see here. Sure. And then here, this is actually the spine as well. This is actually of a Pete's patient. On an adult, it does not look this nice. But you can also do the spine as well. So I hope that kind of shows you how much you can do with ultrasound and why I'm really passionate and excited. I do believe in five years, every medical school will give ultrasounds to all the students. That's where we're headed. So let's get ahead of the curve here. So with that, we will go ahead and get started. Now, I want to get you guys as much practice time, hands-on, having fun, mingling. So just hang on to your seats, make this painless, make this fun, and just talk about the basics of ultrasonography. Okay. So you see someone come in, ultrasonographer, with that big probe card, and you're like, wow, that looks really complicated. It's not that bad. So you have your probe here, and the way that the machine works is that this probe, an electrical current gets sent through the transducer into the top of the probe right here. And in that top of the probe, the transducer, it has a lot of crystals that vibrate really fast and emit a sound wave, like a dolphin, like, you know, echolocation. So it shoots that sound wave out through the tissues and the machine, in the brain of the machine, <coughs> interprets it with an algorithm and spits out an image depending on what it hears. For example, if it's like a bone, very thick bone, it's going to get a lot of echoes back and it's going to turn it bright white and it won't be able to go all the way through the bone. Whereas if it's something like fluid, which is right here, it's black, it goes right through the fluid, just like you know, a dolphin just shoots the echo location all the way through the, through the water. And when you're actually holding the probe and you put it on something, imagine it slicing it right down, like a big knife, like a magician's knife. And that's why we put this picture of the carrots. So it's just like looking at that ant farm, you know, like the side of the ant farm that you can see all the ants. So imagine your probe is like slicing that and think of it in your mind before you start looking at stuff. That's the, I'm giving you guys a boosted learning experience. This is how you get it quicker. You think about it beforehand, you're like, okay, I know what it looks like. Ah, yeah, that's what it looks like, rather than like, whoa, I'm lost, like that. So this is the probe marker configuration right here. So all these probes will have a little dot on the side or some sort of indication, and that's your guide to get, orient you on what the image should look like. So this is the P for the probe marker, and this probe would have a little dot here. And that's why when you're holding up, I'm, I'm, I'm doing your guys' view right here, if you're holding it up and you slice, then you know, okay, I'm looking at this side corresponds to that side, and then this side corresponds to that side. And so here, by convention, you normally want that probe marker, and you'll see it, we'll, we'll all get the chance to see it. That probe marker you want either pointed to, depending, depending on the view, the patient's head or their right shoulder. Sometimes it'll change, but that's pretty much standard convention. To the head or to the right shoulder? To the right side, not the shoulder. Oh, yeah, the right side. Um, and so this is a nice uh, long-axis view of the gallbladder right there. So some simple terminology. Now, this is so that when you're walking around on rounds and they're saying terms, you're reading the report, and you're like, okay, I get it. So when the sound waves go through the tissue of the body, it might hit something that's liquid, something that's hard. Depending on what it hits, it's going to have an, a different type of echogenicity. It's a big term. We're just talking about how many echoes you get back, how strong of a signal. So if it's black, you'd say anechoic. means no echo. An, no echo, no echo. Or hyperechoic, lots of echoes. So like you see here, the spinal cord or the spine of the baby, it's pretty bright white. So we call that 
a hyperechoic stripe, and you just describe it. You know, you'd say something like, in the term, you know, I visualized the gallbladder in the long axis view, and we observed a two millimeter by something millimeter stone, the hyperechoic casting a shadow. It, it's just all fancy terminology for it's a, it's a, it's a solid stone. So, and then we have isocoke, meaning it's, it just all looks the same. And now to the probes. So you see that card? It can be really overwhelming. You're like, wow, there's so many different probes. Man, they, met, they, got, they went to school for a long time to use this machine. It's really not that complicated. All the probes are just shooting sound waves, right? So now we just need to figure out what sound wave projection is best for white, what circumstance. So let's take, for example, this linear probe. This one is super high frequency, really powerful sound, just beaming in at a really, it's really tight configuration and it's a linear, it's in a line. And this is very, very, very good image quality because it's very high frequency, but it's shallow because it's very high frequency. So this is the one that you want to use for veins, for access, for nerves. Um, and it's not going to go very far, so you wouldn't use this for the abdomen. But if you go over to this one right here, this curved linear probe, and we call this a C60X um, probe as well. The C stands for curve, and the 60 stands for the amount of rays that it's shooting out, you know, 60 rays. So it's, it really is intuitive. This one is a low frequency. So low frequency shoots deep into the body, so you can get that nice penetration, but it's not so good for the shallow you know, structures. Right here, this is the P21X, or the phase array, or the cardiac probe. It's a lot of names, but it all just communicates the same Thing, right, so this is a small footprint, meaning it just means it just shoots from a small surface right here. And this is great because you can look between the ribs, right? It's hard to see if you put this on a rib, the whole rib is going to block a lot of the rays. But here you can get in between the ribs, um, and obviously you have things like the endocavity, aka the vaginal probe, aka the prostate probe, aka the rectal probe. It just, it's just names, right? So very, very simple. So the exam we're doing today. I picked this one because you get to see a lot of windows. We all did that on the exercises. And you get to learn a procedure, a protocol. And for you guys either going into med school, um, doing an ER rotation in family practice, or whatever it may be, you can learn this literally at home. And in the ER, in the situation that you can apply that, you can be part of the team. And it's not so bad. Literally, you got guys that come in with literally two hours experience, and they're like in the trauma, and they're trying to figure this out. So if that's the situation, you know, you guys can do it too. If you guys are in the hospital, obviously. So the EFAST exam, and this is more of like a med school question, like what does it stand for? And you say extended focus assessment with sonography for trauma. Extended focused assessment with sonography for trauma. No one ever says that. It's just more of like a flex question. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I know what it means. But it's the FAST exam, and it's meant to be fast. You know, someone comes in, mass casualty accident or motor vehicle collision, they're coming in, they're unstable, the blood pressure looks really, really, really hairy, and you're like, I just want to take a look really quick rather than sending them off to the CT scanner, and you don't want someone coding in your scanner. I mean, that's just a lot harder to deal with than just right there in front of you. Just take a quick look with the ultrasound, and it only takes 30 seconds, a minute maybe. And that's why it's called the FAST exam. And the E part is the extended, which all it is is adding the lungs. That's it. So FAST exam plus lungs is the E FAST exam. So with that, that's where we're going to start today. And it's great for looking at everything within the peritoneum, so the fluid cavity within the abdomen. Um, and you can use it for ectopics. 
And sometimes, not just for the trauma or the ER, but even like internal medicine in the hospital, uh, you can do something like the RUSH exam, which is very similar to the EFAS exam, but looking for fluid from non-traumatic causes as well. So like fluid overload or you, know, you have a chemotherapy patient, something like that. And the one caveat to the FAST exam, just so you guys know, I, I really want to tell you this, you, know, you have a patient that was in their car and then they slammed into that, that steering wheel and that's a blunt force trauma, it's great. FAST exam is great. But if you have like a bullet that's zinging around and it hits somewhere like way back there or like especially in females, like it hits like way back in the back and it's going all around, you can hide blood and the FAST exam will be negative. You're like looking around. That's why you look at the vitals too, right? Like this patient's tachycardic, they're hypertensive, and you're like, nah, I'm, I'm, let's do the CT scan, right? So, I'll go ahead. So what you'll be asked specifically is where you won't be able to see fluid is in the retroperitoneum. So that's why we're looking interior to the kidney. Anything behind the kidney, you can't see with the ultrasound. Yeah. And so with that, let's jump. Well, now we're going to start the exam, and then we're going to be practicing, okay? So you guys are doing great after lunch. Just hang in there, and we're going to jump right into the scans. And you guys are going to be doing this in just a couple minutes. So just focus with me, okay? And there's going to be way too many of you for me, so you got, it's going to be you guys. So just hang on for this part. I'm going to do my best to make it that you guys can just go in there and just start looking for it. So the first part, again, summarizing again. Ready? Right upper quadrant. Cardiac. Left upper quadrant. Bladder. Then the lungs. That's it. One, two, three, four. Lungs. Done. Okay, here we go. Right upper quadrant. This is looking for the space between the liver and the kidney. Okay? Yeah. Okay, so ready? We're doing mental exercises right now, okay? So channel that energy, okay? Fight through that chicken. Here we go. Here's your, here's your liver. Here's that kidney. This is the back of our patient. These are the spinous processes. And we are going to put the ultrasound probe right here. Right here, okay? Probe markers pointed to the head. And we are going to slice like a magician right down in half, okay? So... Just between those, or even below the ribs too. So here we go. In your mind again, slice this in half and try to picture the silhouette. Here we go. Okay, ready? You guys got it. Here we go. Here we go. Slice in your mind. Did you guys get that? Sort of. Okay. So this is our probe. These are the shapes. Now, ready? This is what the image looks like. There you go. See. So now you kind of figure it out in your mind. And now the machine isn't, you know, you're not having the machine on its side, right? So you just have to write it upwards like the machine's just sitting there. So this is what you would see on your screen for the machine. I just, you know, put it upwards on the screen. So we got it. That is the right upper quadrant view. Um, so something, I heard a few like, hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so just um, the liver kind of looks like a big sponge. It's, it's all gray, and it's got the dots inside where you've got the vessels. The kidney looks like a donut, so you've got the, the fluid being filtered around the outside, so it's a little bit less echoic, hypoechoic, and you've got the really creamy filling in the middle, which are the calyces, um, the really fibrous part. So your, your donut and your sponge, so you'll start recognizing it to take a little time. All right. Not so bad? Okay. Now we move on to the heart, okay? Now, a lot of times we think like the heart, oh, it's like the Valentine's Day. It's just like that four-chambered thing we draw like that. It actually looks not anything like that at all. It looks like, whoa. 
And it's actually diagonal like this. That's why, you know, it's, it's not right in the center. It's actually like this, kind of pointed down towards the left foot. And so it's, it's actually, think about it. You need to pump all that blood to the body. So that left ventricle is huge. And that right, that right atrium is like this small thing with the little appendage right there. So here we go. There's, in cardiac, there's a lot of different exams you can do. But for our purposes, just to take a look at the heart, you only need one or two. So here we go. The one is called the sub-xiphoid sub view. And you're going to go right underneath the rib cage, And basically, it's a little crude, but this is what you got to do. You kind of jam it up there, and you point it to the heart, and you do your best to, to look at it. That's literally the sub view, and it's not pretty, it's not artsy. And, and even this proper pencil technique, which I think you should do, with this view, you just got to jam it up there. But again, be respectful of each other. If it hurts too much, don't do it. Just say, you know, that's not... I, I don't want people doing it on me. So. <coughs> so the next view, which I really like, is called the parasternal long-axis view. And this one is, you see that diagonal shape, the diagonal uh, positioned heart right here? We're going to slice it right down through the heart. So that's why the probe here is diagonal. This probe is diagonal. And this is what you're going to see. This is the actual heart. And look how it corresponds to this view right here. So, you know, again, straightforward med school question and no ER physicians to answer this one or, you know, no senior attendings. If you, if someone stabs someone right in the chest, what would be the most anterior chamber they would hit? Anyone know? What was that? Right ventricle. Right ventricle. Um, and so that's right here. Right ventricle right here. The OT is outflow tract. And the most posterior chamber of the heart, what would that be? It's actually left atrium. Sorry, I know the picture. Like It looks like the left ventricle, but it's the left atrium. And so this is a view that you're going to get called the parasternal long axis view. And if you ever, you know, look into the reports and you see PLAX, it's parasternal long axis view. So just breaking it down. Next, we're going to the left, left upper quadrant. It's the same thing as on the right, except that we're looking at the spleen. So here we go. Another exercise. We're looking at the patient's back, okay? That's the spleen on top, that little purple structure, and that's the kidney. And we're going to rotate around. Here we go. So we're underneath. We're looking underneath at our patient, and we're going to come up and slice. Can everyone slice that in your mind? Think about it. Here we go. Ready? We get it? You got it? Great. Great. Nice. Honestly, I, I, I didn't get it as quick, so I'm like, it took me a couple hours. But there we go. So that's, that's the view that we're looking for. And here we go. Here's the image. Nice. Let's explain the kidney. And that's what we want to see. We don't want to see a black stripe in there. You know, we don't want to see anything weird. We don't want to see dilated hydronephrosis in the kidney. This is what we want to see. And when you scan, I'm always a proponent of proper technique. So you've got to fan all the way through. You know, don't, I see a lot of people do this. I got it. We're good. You have to go all the way through. Look, anterior, posterior. Turn the probe. Look. To the top, look to the bottom. You want to see the whole picture because sometimes even like 50, 100 mils of fluid is just hiding in a little tiny stripe. So look all over. Um, so I don't think it's um, So uh, I had to show the last group a couple times too, but fanning doesn't look like this. You're not moving the tip of the probe. Okay. You've got glue and it's sticking it stuck, and then you're going to fan. You're moving, it's pivoting. Pivoting anterior, posterior, superior, inferior. So practice because the gel is there. So you'll be looking at your screen and you'll be like, oh, where is that? And then the people will be like, oh, 
a lot of times with the heart, you end up on the sternum. And, you want and just also on that note too, um, all these machines here, they are provided through us. They're actually all personally owned. And if they're not being used by us, they will be going to Mission Hospitals. So as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're so glad to have them for you guys. Take care of them. They will be serving missionaries, a lot of them, or I'll be playing with them. So take care of them. And with that, let's go on to the next one here, the bladder. This is a great one. All you got to do, we're all going to get really friendly here. The bladder is a lot lower than you think. So when we drape the patient, you just take that probe and you got to push it down a little bit. Go down just a touch and you'll see this big black structure come into, come into form. So... And we're going to look at a female here because this is the more interesting anatomy. So right on top of the uterus is the bladder. So, you know, you talk amongst yourselves, be like, oh, I didn't pee yet. I got a big bladder. Let's look at that. You know, and trade off with someone that has pee. And you can see the uterus usually right there. And if any mom's in here, usually if they're going to do a transabdominal, they want a big belly full of pee so they can shoot those sound waves through the bladder to look at the uterus. It's like extra gel. Makes it really great. So that's the bladder. So again, right upper quadrant, cardiac, left upper quadrant, bladder. Um, so this is an example of free fluid. So especially if you have the classic example of the motorcycle accident, and they're going to do a pelvic uh, ultrasound to see if that gentleman has free fluid. And so you should only see anechoic. Remember, it's not no echo. You should only see that inside. You shouldn't see it out here. So that's an example of what you're looking for. So that top one is a male. Because there's no uterus? Right. You're, uh, you're very uh, Possibly. Sometimes you see something here and you think it's a female, but it's a prostate. You'll also see the prostate. So there, sometimes if there's a little bump here, it's either the uterus or the prostate. Mm-hmm. And so the last one, you guys are doing really great, and then we're all going to jump into it, is the lung exam. So the lung exam is the E part of the EFAST exam. And so with the lungs... In trauma, you want to look to see if they have a pneumothorax. And for those of you just starting your medical careers, pneumothorax is basically when your lung ex- basically pops like a balloon. You know? So normally the lung is nice and full and it's contained, but when something happens and it ruptures, it deflates like a balloon. So what you see is that this is the exam. You take your linear probe now. So we've been using the same probe. Now we're using the linear probe. And we're going to go down to these six quadrants and look at that lung. Now normally, gas... Ultrasounds don't like gas. They scatter. You can't see anything, okay? But what you can see is the pleural line, and it's going to look like a snake. You know, you see the lung. You have them breathe in, and you see, like, this lung sliding. Now, when that lung, that balloon, collapses, you're not going to have that sliding anymore. And so what you get... Uh, let's see if they have M mode on here. What you get here, this is motion mode. Again, you see people using ultrasound like, oh, man, that's so advanced. I can never learn that. It's just M mode. It's just motion mode. You put this on it, you hit the button again, and it just shows you how much motion there is. So if there's no motion, you get a barcode. Literal barcode. And when... Over here. And then when you do have motion, you're going to get grainy, graininess. And we call it you know, waves on a sandy beach. Right? So if you have this waves... I know it's barcode doesn't look like the greatest waves, but this is a sandy beach right here. And when you have no motion, it's just all one barcode right there. And the last thing about the lungs, too, is if you have someone with a lot of fluid building up in the lung, let's say you have someone that their heart's not working so well. So when when the heart's not working so well, where does that fluid back up into? 
the lungs. And so when it backs up into the lungs, it can go into the interstitium or it can go into the actual alveoli and collect. And from that, you can put this probe on the lungs and you get this really interesting little mermaid effect. You know, it's like underneath the water and it's like shining down. I, I like to think of it like that. And does any, as a bonus, for absolutely no credit at all, does anyone know what these lines are called? And no, no physician, no attending physicians to answer this. Anyone know what these lines are called? Any med students? PAs? Okay. ER people? Do we have any? B, B lines. Yeah, they're called B lines. And this is what I want to encourage just as we get to practice here in a second. This criteria, you literally just put this probe on someone's lungs. And the criteria that it says on Google, Dr. Google will say, okay, B-line criteria must have three or more B-lines on one visual window. That's it. You got it. You know, that's, it was not very hard to get that information. Just like with the gallbladder. What's the criteria for cholecystitis in the gallbladder? Thickened anterior wall, greater than three millimeters, pericholecystic fluid, and it'd be nice to have a stone as well. Depends. So, I mean, that's not that hard, right? You just got to go and practice it. And we also are having a talk on Saturday, which talks about where to source equipment um, for, you know, the most affordable way. And for you guys that are just starting off, I own my own ultrasound as a first year medical student way back. Okay. So if I can do it, you guys can do it. And even if you guys are residents, what physician's home doesn't have an ultrasound? You got to have an ultrasound, you know? So... <laughs> Anyways, we could talk more about that later. But right now, let's have the... Oh, go ahead. Um, so can you tell them which probe, though, you're going to use? For this one? Yeah, because I know we have the abdominal probe, but that's not the probe. This is just so that you can see the probe marker. Yeah, so well, this lung exam is with the linear probe. But right now, we're all going to start with the phase array. It's the one on all of them. And I will come around. We will come around and help with that. But later on, I will bring out the other probes, and I'll show you guys some nerves and some vessels and different things if you want to look at that, too. But... Um, for right now to start, let's have, if you're a resident or attending physician or senior or ultrasonographer, try to disperse yourselves to help other people around you. And for everyone else, just find a spot and really practice these exams on one another. And we'll be around to help as well. And you go and then. So, oh yeah, go ahead.